This episode is sponsored by Superspeed Golf. You know, I'm probably just like you and have tried just about everything to hit the ball farther. And there are a few things that have jumped out, specific tools and strategies that I think have had the biggest impact on personally myself, and then things that we have seen that are researched base and proven at the highest level. One of those things is super speed golf. They are research back. Tons of tour players use them every week. We had the guys on the podcast before, and I know that literally hundreds of you have picked up super speed sets and are seeing amazing results. And just the other day, Kyle gave me a shout about a new workshop that you're doing. So you can get a customized hands-on approach. You can get it like a personalized overspeed training program, 3D motion capture, ground force analysis, advanced risk mechanics, ball flight optimization, the list goes on. And they have a few amazing special guests that we've had on the pod before, Lance Gill, Liam Mucklow. So this is an amazing opportunity. This workshop is coming up really soon, September 14th and 15th. Get all the details over at golfsciencelab.com slash Scott, which is the post that goes along with this episode. We'll have the link on there or head over to superspeedgolf.com to their website to have the info there. Can't recommend this enough. Great opportunity to gain 20 yards in two days and get it customized for yourself, for your body to make sure that you remain injury-free and swing at your best. Love this. Thanks for sponsoring. Appreciate it. You are listening to the Golf Science Lab podcast. My name is Cordy Walker, and I'm on a mission to figure out how to improve the way that we learn and get better at golf. I've been able to travel all over the world talking with leaders in the industry, from instructors to researchers to golfers themselves, learning how they're getting better at golf and what that means for you. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast and more specifically, welcome back to our How to Be a Tour Pro series where we are sitting down with players to talk about how did they get so good. And there's one aspect of that, which is golf instruction, the tactics and the strategies of how to practice, how to play, etc. And there's another aspect which might even have a bigger impact on someone's growth. It's where they learn and who they do it with. And the importance of these two factors are really, really, really clear in today's story. We're sitting down with Tom Lovelady to talk about how he made it to the PGA Tour and what we can learn from his story. So I started golf. My dad was a golfer. Probably started whacking plastic balls around the house when I was two or three years old and, you know, then gradually worked my way up to the driving range and at the course that we belonged at in Birmingham growing up, they had a par three course. So once I could graduate from the driving range to the par three course, I would, you know, do that and then eventually to the big course. But I also played basketball and baseball growing up. I played football for a little bit. So I was just kind of athletic in a sense that I, I would be playing some sport every day. And it's funny things that you can learn from different sports that you can translate into golf whether it's work ethic or mindset or technique or this or that. But I started, I guess, regularly playing. We had a, a grandfather and a grandson that my dad and I would play with every Sunday. And that was just something that I always looked forward to when I was, you know, 11, 12, 13, 14 years old. Always looking forward to Sunday afternoons playing golf with, with, uh, with those two guys that we played with for years. We were members at a club in Birmingham called Vestavia Country Club, and there was another guy that went to the same junior high and high school, and 
he was also a member at Vestavia. I, I didn't really know any anyone from the Vestavia High School area, so him and I, his name's Stuart Jolly, who he played at LSU, and I believe they won a national championship while he was there. So he's also a very good player and a, a really good friend. And growing up, we would always just meet after school at the club. We'd go play golf. We would, we would. I'd spend the night over there. We'd wake up, go play 36 Saturday morning, or you know, we played golf until we couldn't play anymore. And it was great because I pushed him, you know, to to really get into golf and want to be good. But at the same time, he got better and better, which pushed me back to, you know, I, I don't want him to beat me. So <laughs> it, it was a great friendly rivalry, and yeah. um, it, it was really fun to have somebody to essentially grow up playing golf with and um, to keep you interested and to to make you want to get better my dad was a good golfer he you know low mid 70s maybe occasional upper 70s and then when i was getting i don't know probably 13 14 15 i got to where i could you know get close to beating them and then i beat them and then i wanted to beat them all the time so we'd play all the time and it was just fun It was ninth grade. I played baseball in ninth grade and golf, and um, I loved baseball. I, I pitched and played right field. I loved the team part of it. I, I just enjoyed baseball. I thought it was you know really fun, and I won our our state championship in ninth grade, and wow, that was kind of a wake up call for me because I didn't think I was I didn't think I was that good at the time. I mean, just because I'm what 14 years old and. I beat some guys that went on to play Division One golf, and I'm like, well, you know, maybe this is the path that that I should take. I love golf. I have some great friends and have had, you know, success in other junior golf events. So maybe let's just let's just go down this road and see where it goes. And after that ninth grade, that summer, I really played some great golf and kind of got some national recognition from colleges across the country. And um, that was when I probably took it more serious. And that was when I just stuck with golf only when you know schools are contacting me for you know visits or whatever i'm like okay wow this is pretty cool you know let's 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 pursue this and see where it goes like i said i was just a, i was just an athletic kid and i i saw a coach maybe once a month i mean i nothing crazy and i would see him if, if something was just completely out of whack but um i probably saw him once a month so i didn't really change much from what i had been doing before it was golf only and if anything i just started playing more events and I just got better about playing against better competition. I've never really thought about I'm good enough, I'm good at this, this, you know, whatever. I've just always I've flown under the radar my my whole life and um I kind of prefer it that way. But I knew that just w with how I once I started playing AJGA events and the bigger junior events and started actually competing and playing wells, you know, when I saw the names that I was going up against, I'm like, you know, wow, maybe, maybe this could be a thing if I keep working hard. You know, maybe I can, I can get to, you know, the PGA Tour. And um, it's funny, some of the guys that I play against now are, are out, or some of the guys that I played with in junior golf are out here on the PGA Tour. So it's just kind of crazy how how good the competition was for our junior golf and that's what really pushed pushed me personally to get better. You get this vibe from Tom and his story that he wasn't super stressed out 
about golf, that it wasn't, a, you know, kind of this very intense focus from a young age, but it was kind of balanced with other sports. And, you know, like you mentioned in the story, he didn't place an emphasis on it until, you know, a bit later in his junior career after he won the Alabama junior, which is just phenomenal. So I think it's really interesting to hear how early specialization is not necessary to get very good at something. And in fact, you know, he talks about pulling from those experiences in other sports and how that was so beneficial from golf. So if he wasn't early specializing, what are some of the things here that were so important? Well, one, competition played a huge role. You know, one, we hear about you know his dad, right? How he wanted to go out and beat his dad. And he, you know, played a lot of golf trying to do that and eventually did. And the other being Stuart Jolly, who is a member at the same course, another junior, and they competed against each other and they played golf constantly and pushed each other to get better. Those two relationships, those two competitions obviously had a huge impact on Tom's development and a reason that he kept pushing his growth along and learning. I think I committed to Alabama the fall of my sophomore year of, of high school and probably around the spring of my junior year, I enjoyed hanging out with my friends more than playing golf and doing those kind of things. And, you know, my dad kind of sat me down and we talked and he's like, well, you know, in, in kind of a stern voice and like, you know, do you really want to play golf? Like, is, is this something you want to do? And I'm like, yeah, you know, of course it is. I've done it. I've done it my whole life. Why wouldn't I want to do it? And, you know, he's just like, well, you know, the things that you're doing are hurting you from getting to where you want to be. And I, I mean, I wasn't practicing. I was doing the absolute bare minimum, which I mean, at times, I, th I truly thought about quitting golf just because I enjoyed hanging out with my friends so much. But having that talk with my dad was huge because I kind of got off the path and he helped me, you know, guide me back onto the path and had a great summer. I kind of transitioned into a couple uh, amateur events and played pretty decent. And I, I won, I think I won five or six times my senior year in high school golf. I won our, our sub-state, our regional, and I won state again individually and as a team, which was awesome. And it was a great way to go out and just kind of turned the ship around and got everything going the right way and had a good summer, you know, leaving high school and played well going into college. What was your motivation at this point? Like, so there are a few things like winning. Is that your motivation? Was it money? Was it like, what kept you going? Do you think? I, I just wanted to, I, I wanted to win. I didn't care who I was playing, whether they were better than me or, or whatever. I, I just wanted to win. I thought it was fun to win. I wanted to play well because in junior golf, by playing well, you would get into the bigger events and obviously everybody wants to play the bigger events. So that was, that was motivation for me in junior golf to, to get to be able to play in the AJGA Invitationals because those were a big deal and that was that was my motivation to play well and then college I wanted to I wanted to travel and and, and play on the travel team and you know so that was my motivation there I wanted to get better and then my last my last couple years of school and probably my last two years I kind of realized like hey maybe I am good enough to take my game to the next level and that was in college when you had that mm -hmm. it was a, I, I thought I, I always thought that I could but I never you know was like wow maybe maybe this could really happen and uh, the last couple of years that was kind of my motivation to get through Q school play on the web get through the web and and, and you know work my way up and um, 
That's really interesting. So even though you're you're doing super well as a junior, right? You, you went to Alabama, like you were obviously one of the one of the top guys out there. You were just it still wasn't like yes, I'm gonna do this right until yeah. that very end. That seems I would have expected it to be sooner than that. Yeah, you know I. I think it's different for everybody. Like I said earlier, I've always kind of flown under the radar. I've just kind of always, you know, stayed in my lane, if you will. And, you know, I don't think too high. I don't think too low of myself. I just I just keep my head down and, you know, just play the best golf I can and just see where it takes me, whether it's PGA, whether whether it's nowhere. I just um, I just kept my head down and kept playing. Hey, I hope you are enjoying this episode. I want to tell you about a quick little resource you should check out that we have made at Golf Science Lab. It is our three launch monitor hacks and then a great discount on our favorite launch monitor under $500 that really every golfer should get so they can drastically improve the feedback that they're getting during practice. Head over to golfsciencelab.com launch to go check out that video, check out the monitor that we recommend and get a great discount on one through Golf Science Lab. All right, back to the episode. It was fun because I loved college. I loved everything about it. We had a great team, but our teammates, we were all best friends. I mean, we were all hanging out with each other 24-7. So it was, you you were surrounded with great guys and everybody got along and which really made that transition fairly easy just to, to, to have friends like that that are there for you every day, that you're with every day. And it, it was a fairly smooth transition. Obviously, the, the skill was, was higher than junior golf just, you know, because of the age and experience and this, that, and the other. But it was, it was a fairly smooth transition for me just because of my teammates and had great coaches. I was uh, on the team with Justin Thomas, Trey Mullinax, Bobby Wyatt was out here for a year. Uh, Corey Witsit was a four-team All-American. Um, you guys did okay. It's an okay team. Robbie Shelton, <laughs> who will be out here next year. Yeah. It's just, uh, and obviously, it was nice to have great players like that because you're playing against the best players in college golf, practicing day in day out. So that just, playing back to environment, right? Like, yeah. Talk about the good environment. Like if you want to, sure. if you want to push yourself, then go play with those guys. And if for like, sure. you're going to realize if you're good or not pretty quick. For sure. I, and I don't regret that for, for a minute. I didn't play every event because I didn't qualify for every event. But I'm so glad that I went to a team that was that good that pushed me to get better instead of going to a team where I could have been the number one player. I just didn't. Was that a thought for a while or no? No, yeah. I, I didn't see the advantage of go, just going in and being the top guy because you're going to have guys that are going to push you because they want to be at the top. But I wanted to be around the best players and, and the best coaches. And I was fortunate enough to get that chance. I graduated in 2016, and I played a couple mini-tour events that summer. I did a couple Monday qualifiers, and then I went to Q School for the Web.com Tour, now the Corn Ferry Tour, and fortunately made it through all stages and got status that December and was on Web in, in 2017. So fortunately, I I had status on the tour, you know, kind of right out of college, essentially, and, you know... That was awesome, but there's a ton of people that play mini tours. Mini tours are great because it, it's competition. It doesn't matter what level 
you know you're playing competition but competition is always a good thing and many tours are great what do you think is the difference between so you obviously made it through that transition mm-hmm. um guys that didn't like are there any things that you see as like pitfalls of of things to avoid in that transition or like things that you did well that helped you make it through just through my experience and this goes back to being in the good environment at school i was always grinding to be the fifth guy i always had to qualify for everything i had to earn my spot as to where some guys it was just understood that they were going to go and play no matter how they played in qualifiers so i had to earn every spot i had to grind out every every qualifying round and and every tournament round you know to kind of prove myself that i deserve to, to play on this team and you know that really helped me go into q school because i've i've had to to grind everything out and that's exactly what Q school is. It, it's a grind to, to get status. And, you know, there's some guys that that have just it's just been understood that, hey, you're going to play. Yeah. So it was great for me because I've had to work for everything my whole life and um, I've never been given anything. And, you know, that's not that's not good or bad. It just is what it is. Yeah. And, you know, whatever. But that personally was great for me that's why i wanted to go to a school where i would have to earn my way onto the team instead of giving my way onto the team it's just it's great for golf and but it's also just great for life you know it it teaches you work ethic and it gives you a internal drive and motivation to to be a better golfer be a better person be a better friend you know all that and i mean that's really cool that that's your mindset that you bring into this and that's why you've been able to just like you've done really well really quickly right right but it's that attitude of just always bring that in and working really hard and that's fascinating that's cool and and the it comes from that college kind of was the biggest yeah the biggest that's determinator that's, that. uh, that's really where I, I learned how to play golf i learned i essentially learned golf as a whole and and the drive for golf and and what it takes to be better because i was playing with the best players so you see what they're doing and what you need to do better you know you're always trying to do more than the next guy you know than the guy ahead of you to get better and Let's talk briefly about the role of instruction during Tom's journey, you know, from his junior days all the way to today. You know, what are some of the impacts? What are the biggest things that stand out to him as golf instruction and in the role of an instructor? The guy that I took lessons from in Birmingham, Jeff Jordan, I would see him, you know, once a month, you know, maybe twice a month. And we didn't, we didn't work on a specific swing model more of just how to make my athletic swing consistent so he didn't like i'm guessing fundamentals like he didn't like say like hey tom you gotta do this this and this and this and like it wasn't like a you have to do this you have to do that it was more of like what can we do to make your athletic swing consistent you know what positions you need to be in did your swing look very similar now as it did like not at all no not at all so then then when i started working with tony it was like in my opinion, if you want to start driving, get more consistent off the tee, you're going to want to hit shots that fall left to right. I know you hit it right to left, but you're going to want to hit shots that fall to the right, easier to control, a way to play more consistent golf. So the first lesson, we, we started working on hit and pull cuts and you know having certain feels and, and, and things like that. And we just started doing bit by bit, you know lesson after lesson and you know eventually i i got to the golf swing that i have now and it's on top of the ball and you know letting the ball fall left to right and as to where my old swing was very baseball kind of staying back on my back foot and swinging into out and hitting draws but you know hitting the occasional blocks out to the right and 
that really led to me wanting to hit the cut just because I would hang back to the right and I'd hit shots that start right and go right. So going to the cut and getting on top of the ball and starting the ball left and allowed me to hit it more consistent and be more consistent and get better. When did you make that change? When did you guys do that? I made that change. We started working August 2015. So college then? Mm-hmm. That was going into my fifth year. Okay. Started working with Tony. Gotcha. Results, like results change from that? It took it took some time to get used to because it was essentially the complete opposite way that right. I had been swinging my whole life. <laughs> yeah, totally. So it, it took some time, but towards the end of that year and, and that summer, I had immediate success and um, then made it through Q school. So it, it took some time for it to sink in. Just That's just how it works. Uh, but I'm glad that I, I went through all those changes to to make myself better in the long run. Yeah. How long do you think that it took you till you were like... Comfortable? Yeah, this is good. Months. Months. Months, yeah. Did you do anything specific to make it transfer better or to make it take it to the we, course? Or? It, luckily, we would just do piece by piece instead of just changing everything at once because if you change everything at once, then it can go downhill quick and, and you might not see the end of it. But if you just get piece by piece down and get comfortable with with changing, you know, arm position or, or weight distribution, you know, just start little and do things gradual over time. That was the way that I felt the most comfortable to change instead of just throwing everything on me the first time. We talked about the importance of the environment or where you put yourself to grow and develop. And we've seen that from, you know, from Tom from junior golf, then into college being pushed by players there. And now we've seen that trend continue as a professional golfer, as he's put himself in an environment that forces himself to be out of his comfort zone a little bit and grow and continue to learn to get better. I lived with Justin my freshman year and, you know, we loved living together. We, we were great friends, still great friends. And, you know, after, after my third year of school or yeah, after my third year of school, I'm like, I want to move down there. I want to come live with you, you know, kind of like partially joking, but you know, there's some intent behind it. And it's like, that'd be like, that'd be awesome. I'd love that, you know, whatever. And it worked out. And those last two years that I was talking about, I was there five years to my fourth and fifth year when I really got that belief that I can do it. It was those last two years I was working to get to Jupiter, to become better in Jupiter because there's so many PGA players in Jupiter. So if I can get better to where I can play with those guys, then I can play with anyone. And that was, that was my drive the last couple of years was to, you know, not really miss a step between collegiate and professional golf. And going back to environment, I wanted to go down there to put myself in a good environment to get away from it, this sounds bad, but to get away from my friends and, and do my own thing and focus on my career, obviously it's very selfish and I love my friends. I have great friends, but in order for me to be the best golfer I needed to be, I needed to be in Jupiter and not in Birmingham. And I don't regret it. I don't regret anything. And I'm, I'm very happy with the way that everything has gone. Well, so we got the three, the three environments, right? I feel like we've kind of broken your story down. We get we the have. mindset now and we get yeah. it. So it's like you and your buddy who played at LSU, super good golfer. You uh -huh. guys pushed each other. Then uh -huh. you go to super good team. You get pushed again. And now you're doing mm -hmm. it again as professional. Like you're pushing yourself. Like, exactly. That's awesome. That's really yeah, cool. It, and, and who knows what would have happened if I never had Stewart and junior golf. I, I don't know if I would have had anyone to push me other than my dad. Because as a kid, you don't always listen to your parents. I know how that goes. But, you know, but to have somebody with you every step of the way them wanting to get better to beat you and vice versa and it was, it was just i was just truly lucky to have somebody 
to push me day in, day out growing up. Okay, so just very tactically, we'll run through this. How has your practice or your training changed over the years? And, and almost in a sense, like, what do you wish you could tell yourself back when you were in high school? Like, hey, practice like this. Like, what, what would you say? I wish that when I was younger that I had a purpose to my practice and that I wasn't just out there hitting balls just to hit balls and that I wasn't just chipping just to see how much I could spin a chip shot. That I wish that I was working on my wedges a little bit more as a junior golfer. I wish that I had more purpose with my short game, you know, try to get up and down from certain places and, you know, maybe do a few more putting drills instead of just going through the motions. I've been lucky enough to buy TrackMan where I can work on my, my yardages and I can work on my wedge numbers and I can do different performance tests that I've set up through that and um, I do those fairly regularly and putting wise I've have started doing more drills really working on six to ten feet and specific game there or anything yeah so I, I put down five tees in a row six seven eight nine and ten feet five tees in a line four different ways around the hole and I try to make 16 of the 20 which is very good for you know six to ten feet making 80 percent is really good so um, that's a drill that I do. It helps me with, with line and speed because you have uphill, downhill, left to right, right to left. So you have different variety of putts and, uh, and you, you just have to adjust, yeah, the especially towards the end. <laughs> so those are just a couple of the, of the easy things that I do. And, you know, I'll have chipping contests with friends and, you know, whatever. But those are just a couple of things that I do daily. Yeah. So getting away from beating balls. Correct. And, and you did that as a junior a bit? I did. I did because... As a kid, I wanted to hit drivers to see how far I could hit it. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that doesn't take you very far. I mean, yeah, you can hit it far, but you can't get it in the hole from 70 yards. Not much fun in that. So have to, to learn how to how to get it in the hole and, and just try to hit as many fairways and greens as you can. Obviously, you want to hit it at the pin every time to make birdie, but, you know, there's so many times where you hit it at the pin and you make bogey, and then you look back, it's like, why did I just do that? How did I just make bogey? So just giving, your, giving yourself as many birdie chances as you can. Hey, this was a super fun conversation. Thank you so much to Tom for taking the time to hang out, to share a story and to talk. Really enjoyed it. Make sure to follow his journey. Unfortunately, he finished at 205 on the FedEx Cup standings this last year. And I hear that he's headed to the European tour to play over there. So make sure to follow him along on Twitter, Instagram, follow his 2020 season, Tom Lovelady, make sure to star him on whatever app you follow along players with. We thank you, Tom, for your time. Just fantastic stuff in this story here. If you are not subscribed to the podcast, make sure to do so so you can catch all of the episodes. You are not going to want to miss any we have coming up soon. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker and was edited, mixed, and produced by Just Hit Published Productions. 